Welcome to Two Guys in the Bible, uh, a weekly conversation on theology, culture, and God's Word. My name is Eric Lupul. Thank you for joining us. And with us, uh, with me today, my co-host, Dylan Keniston. Dylan, how are you doing? I'm doing well, brother. How are yeah, you? Yeah, I'm doing great, doing great. Um, so uh, on, this, uh, on this beautiful day, we get to uh, tackle another topic in our series on idolatry. So for those of you who might be just uh, tuning in, uh, we, we've been... This might be number five, I believe, on our on our series. But we've been looking at idolatry, uh, as it you know in scripture, and then different forms of it that we see in our culture today, in our own lives, and that we struggle with yeah, even as as Christians now. Uh, and so uh, today we'll be talking about uh, another big one in our culture, and that is the idolatry of of sexuality. And so I want to give uh, two. Uh, quick uh, sidebars here. Uh, the first, uh, if you know, if you're listening with with younger children, I mean, obviously we're going to keep it as clean as possible, but we are going to touch on topics that um, you know are are sensitive, right? So, so just be that you know, keep that in mind as you listen today. But I also want to, on a, on a, on a on a very positive note, say today is our 25th episode. Hey, this man. marks 25. 25, 25 man. Uh, how about so that? time goes by. It does. Time goes by fast, brother. And uh, I, I, I do want to say uh, real quick, again, I'm not big on making pitches for uh, for support. But listen, we are uh, a listener-supported podcast. We we are a nonprofit organization. And, uh, and, and we do need support. We do have expenses. Uh, the podcast hosting service. Uh, audio uh, uh, editing, uh, 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 the the work that goes in involved in that um, there. So uh, we do ask for for your help. And if you go to our website, you go to two guys in the Bible. That's number two guys in the Bible dot org dot org. Um, there's there's a button there. You can you can click donate if you want to donate just 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 one time via PayPal. That's fine. Or you can support us by becoming a patron. So. Uh, you click on become a patron, and it'll take you to the to pa- Patreon, which is a uh, a website that allows allows folks to become monthly supporters. It's five bucks a month uh, if you were to support us. And for those of you who do support us, uh, you guys get first dibs on having your questions uh, answered, theological and cultural questions. And maybe you know maybe someday we'll have you know some kind of T-shirt or something that we can give out. You know, two guys in a Bible. You know, could you imagine? Our faces on someone's T-shirt—that'd be kind of weird. It's a it? horrifying it's a, thought. It's a horrible. <laughs> that's a terrible idea. Horrible, horrible idea. Okay, okay. all right. We'll just okay. toss that one out. No, but uh, so again, please, yes. If if you find this uh, podcast at all edifying, uh, we would love to have your support because because uh, you know you know just the way the world works. This stuff um, it does uh, cost uh, uh, time and money there. But that being said, let us now move on to the topic at hand. Sexuality in our culture as an idol. Thirty seconds, Dylan, go. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. no. <laughs> oh man! Wow. No. Yeah. But where do we begin when touching on the topic uh, of sexuality as an idol in our culture? Oh my goodness! It's. I feel like we we need to think about having maybe two or three episodes on this. Yeah. One. Maybe we'll just. Yeah. This will be just like a, a part. This will be like part one. Start part, you know, it's yeah. like part five of the series, or part one of part five. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> well, all right, so let's let's back up for a second, right? Yeah, so do, I, yeah. I think... Start from the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah, in the beginning, God... There was created, God. There was God. So, so before we even get to human beings, there was God. There was. Right? God is entirely happy within himself. Yeah. He did not need to create us. His creation of us was an act of grace, and he—he—it's—it's it's not as if—it's it, not as if he is in any way dependent on us. He doesn't need us. He's entirely, from eternity past, happy, content yeah. yes. in in himself. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in in both unity and community, entirely happy. So when he, when he gracefully deigns to create, mm-hmm. he created everything. Yeah. Everything from the universe, the stars, our world, the the plants, the, the vegetation, the water, the animals, everything he created, right? And how does this talk about sexuality here, Dylan? What's that? I mean, 
How does this relate to sexuality? Well, so no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing you. It's like well, but you gotta, birds like, and the bees. Yes. Well, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But for real though, no, that's like true. birds and the bees. So so when when he created yeah. right, he he created um, creatures such that we would be. Uh, App, that kinds would be coming after kinds. Like, mm. in other words, that you know, you would have um, species that would that would multiply exactly, be fruitful. Um, be fruitful and multiply exactly. Now, in particular, the the crown of of God's creation in yeah. that sense yeah. was humanity, because humanity, unlike the rest of creation, was made in God's image, and therefore was endowed with a an intrinsic dignity insofar as we we reflect god himself we reflect him in a lot of ways i mean yeah. you know theologians go way back and you know way deep into like what does it mean to be made in the image of god and people talk about like language we have language or people yeah. talk about you know complex thought we have we have thoughts and mm-hmm. stuff like that um so so there's a lot of different ways in which we we mirror the image of god i think for, for the purposes of, of this discussion, where it kind of, where it begins is in the, um, uh, in the multiplication of humanity as a, uh, as a God-honoring, God-glorifying thing. Because what we're doing is we are, we are multiplying God's image across creation. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. So now when we think about that goal and that kind of like what we call kind of the the cultural mandate not not just to like kind of subdue the earth but then yeah. also to multiply, multiply and be fruitful, right yeah. and be fruitful um when, when we talk about that that's a god glorifying mandate because it means that god's image begins to fill creation that's a good thing how do we how is that accomplished right now aside from the the you know brute mechanics of it i mean the way it's accomplished is by marriage a, by marriage and in particular from a creation perspective a, a sex binary mm-hmm. where you have male and female and these are not from the start at enmity with one another yeah um you what you what you have is um you have an an ordering in creation with respect to the chronology of the creation right man was made and then woman was made so that's significant. You also have a complement with respect to role. So yeah. in, in terms of what he does and, and, what, and she what she does, does yes, right? right? So they are complementary and and fit together harmoniously such that the the mm-hmm. outcome of that marital union is the multiplication of God's image. I mean, put it put frankly, they have they have children. They they are fruitful and they and they multiply. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Um, it, 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 it think about all the things that ties into family, uh, sanctity of life, like just loving the fact that God is glorified through multiplication of His image, and and that. The most beautiful thing that we can think of, you know, like children uh, coming out of that. And like, if you think, what is the most intimate expression that human beings are capable of? And I would get pretty close to saying when when we're talking about like horizontally now, Mm -hmm. it really is the the intimacy shared in what is known to be a a secure marital relationship yeah. like when you're yeah. when you're married and you are are really sharing your it's it's not just your body it is your body but it's your it's your commitment it's your covenant it's your yeah. life and paul says you're if she belongs to you you belong to her exactly you yeah. belong to each other yeah. like that's i i know this is not this does not sell well but that's like ownership language like my it my wife has like she lays claim over my body yeah and i like you know what i mean like that's i know it like is not easy for our ears to hear that yeah she like she has my body my body cannot belong to anyone else in that sense yeah right? no, that's, that's um, true so so i would start there before we kind of get into any of the 
you know, mm-hmm. the, the minefields, we first want to say, yeah. what is a what is a biblical theological um, uh, vision for humanity yes. and, and sexuality that kind of comes out of that? And marriage reflecting. Marriage reflecting. Yeah, a Christ in his church. Exactly. Well, so now that's where the story keeps going. That's right? where it because, keeps going. Exactly. Yeah. So now that we have the created order, we see this mystery in both male and female in the consummation of that in, in, in love kind of um, in one sense, the marital relationship is, is meant to mimic something of heaven where there's yes. this covenantal uh, relationship from which there's no parting. There's no, uh-huh. uh, th- there's, there's, in, there's complete trust, complete faithfulness. And it's, it's the only, di- the key difference is that marriage is till death or you part. That's right. right. So the marital relationship does not survive the grave. Yeah. But it is meant to be analogous to the relationship between Christ and the church that does survive the grave. That's right. Right? Yes. So so that I, I think that piece, right? If we think about all those pieces from from a creation perspective, um, and and how that kind of in in an old covenant context manifests itself in in the Lord's relationship with Israel, where the Lord is a is a husband to mm-hmm. to to, to Israel, who is his his bride, and then how that serves as as a type, uh, a, a, it lays a pa- the foundation for a pattern that continues into the new covenant, where you have where you have um, Christ, who is the head of the church, right? So you have this notion of a of a sexual complementary binary that is strung through the entire canon of scripture so this is not the kind of thing when so i just want to yeah i want to raise the stakes on it a little bit because i one of the things i do sense in our culture that we're we're in one sense a little bit sexually desensitized yes i would right like that's probably true certainly in 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 our media and in and in um it doesn't even have to be media. I mean, there's so many things that like yeah, advertising. That, uh, well, not even yeah, advertising certainly, but like there are things that pass today that would never have passed past muster like 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Like, oh yeah. The, the desensitization yeah. has been has been rampant, and one of the things we want to do to first ground ourselves is to capture the beauty of the vision that Scripture lays out, that God Himself lays out. He created us. And he created us for his glory and for yeah. our good. And so we want to get a glimpse of what that vision is before we kind of start saying all the things that are like bad or wrong with yeah. like how the culture views sexuality. There's there's plenty to say about that. But part of what makes what the culture sa- – uh, much of what the culture says and does with respect to sexuality, part of what makes it so perverse is precisely in the the beauty that it compromises. So we want to capture a vision for that. Let me, first. let me so try to put my thoughts to this too. Yeah, please. So from what you're saying, and it's it's clear throughout Scripture, Jesus obviously you know had a high view of marriage. There, you know, when he chastises the Pharisees for uh, their view of divorce, and Jesus says it it was not that way. Uh, uh, you know, even in the beginning, he goes yeah. back to creation. He does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Man will leave his father and mother, be joined his wife to become uh, one flesh. Um, there. So, what what I, it seems like you're saying there is that the idea of sexuality, the sexual union of a man and a woman, that's supposed to be in the context of of covenant, and it's supposed to be. Uh, with that is is it, it's 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 so much like like there's a, there's a spiritual connection. There is is the covenantal connection. There's responsibility for you know and that complementary uh, connection there. Um, it's physical. It's physical. It's emotional. It's yeah. mental. Yes. It's yes. it's everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just one strand. And so, what it seems like when we start going down the path of let's talk about sexual idolatry or, or or sexual sin, it seems like one of the one of the key facets of that is well, that happens when we as a culture decide we want we just want one piece. Namely, the physical. We want one piece, and we don't want the rest. Like I don't want, or, or the person doesn't want the relationship, the covenant, right? The emotional attachment, the the financial attachment. We, we don't want yeah. anything except 
discussed the physical pleasure. Right. There's a, there's a song by I I could butcher this, but I think it's by Lady Gaga where she says, uh, "You you you basically I'm summarizing a little bit, but you you can't have my mind, you can't have my my soul, you can't have anything about me, but you can have my body. Do what you want with my body." Oh my right? goodness, that's so well, weird. Well, but but that is that's kind of like what what you're saying, right? We're we're identifying one piece of what was meant by God to be kind of a this comprehensive union of a, a husband and a wife um, and and isolating the part of it that is is you know the, the physical pleasure piece and and then pursuing that as an end in itself and that's kind of what idolatry is that we've been talking about in this that's series right. is like taking yeah. something and like making that thing an end in itself yeah I mean you could say that like there is just as much of a danger from a from a uh, a sexual idolatry perspective. So a lot of times it's, um, again, I, I may be overgeneralizing here, but with respect to the physical pleasure, a lot of times it's it's men in particular, not saying that women don't have that or, or can't fall prey to that. They certainly can. But oftentimes you hear it in the context of men. Um, and But on the other hand, a lot of times, like I've known, I've, I've, I've had conversations with some, you know, women who are friends and in, you know, with the confidence of my wife, you know, my wife being there too, and kind of them sharing how they want that emotional connection mm -hmm. and will and will um, will will consider opening themselves up to to a sexual relationship with a partner in order to to Think have that emotional piece, like a transaction, like a transaction, exactly. Well, and the same thing on the male side for for men. To kind of get that that physical piece too. I'm not saying that that's always the case. I mean, men no. have emotional needs and 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 women have you know emotional desires and, and women have physical desires. They so do. I'm not but, saying but that. Generally at all. speaking. Generally speaking, I mean, this is how I've, this is how a lot of times I hear things kind of funneling yeah. their way. Out. Yeah, women. Yeah. The, the women seem like they want the 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 man to 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 to, to be with them. To, they want that to to love her. Yeah. And he, sadly, just wants action right yeah so inappropriateness so I, I, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot to be said yeah about our culture and our culture's stance on sexuality before and, and we're gonna get there before we get there it is i, I cannot stress enough mm -hmm. the foundation for any kind of feedback to our culture or critique of of what our culture calls sexual uh, sexuality has to be rooted on a well thought out and biblically entrenched theology of sex from a Christian perspective that we follow through with. <laughs> we definitely have to right? follow like, through. Like I can't stress this enough. We cannot like the the emptiness that is felt from those who are non-believers who 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 you know will barely ever step foot in a church um to 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 preach about sexuality and sexual integrity and sexual purity but then maybe not be consistent in living that out and that could look like a lot of things yeah I mean, it could look like uh pornography. pornography it could look like adultery it could look like a lot of things so before we start preaching about before we start preaching the culture yeah before we start preaching culture about anything yeah we got to get our own house in order when it comes to this stuff and it's true and that can be that's something I think we want to keep always in front of us, right? We think of Isaiah and Isaiah six, and he sees the exalted Lord, and mm -hmm. you know what does he do when he's confronted with God? He says, "I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips." He begins by confessing his own sin before he confesses the sins of his culture. See, so, so mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to be cognizant of the things that we wrestle with in our own lives and in our own hearts. You know, I'll just share a, something a little bit personal uh, in in our my marriage with Emily. Are you um, sure she's okay with this? I think she's okay with this. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, one of the things that Emily and I try to to be um, try to do is we when we talk about um, we we are not we're not shy about talking about uh, sin and temptations okay. that yeah, we wrestle with. Yes. And I want Emily to feel like she can come to me about anything. Like I want her to feel like she can talk with me about anything, 
including if she's wrestling with temptation. And that could be temptation of any sort. It doesn't just have to be like sexual no, no, temptation. No, yeah, of course. But like we tend to be like just people in general tend to, we're, we're so, we, we tend to be sexually jealous, right? And, and then in some ways like that's good. Like that's, like God has instilled some, some, God is a jealous God, right? Yeah, Insofar as we image him, mm-hmm. we, we, it, it's not loving of my spouse if I'm not in some ways jealous over and her, her sexuality oh, and, I see. and protective oh, yeah. of that, I see. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? So, but sometimes we get a little uh, too much so that we are not willing to uh, allow our, like we don't, if our wives are feeling that, we just rather not know about it. Ah, uh, I see. Just sweep it under the rug. Just sweep it under the rug. quiet. Don't, like, and that is something that's just like, I, I would hope that in Christian homes, yeah. we are able to talk openly with our spouses about things that we are wrestling with and, and feeling along those lines. Because I'm sure at some level we all struggle with it. I mean, he, here's the thing. Human beings are sexual creatures. We are. Yeah. Like, like when, when I see, uh, just to take one example, you know, for a while, there, there are some movements out there in, in the culture, you know, uh, to, to, from their perspective, to, to, to liberate uh, they call it bodies, to, to liberate right. bodies. Freedom. And so free the, free the, the nipple, for example, or, <laughs> I mean, seriously. No, it's you know, true. It, it's it true, is, right? it is or, a movement. Like, they actually call it that. There's, yeah. there's like art exhibits that, that from their perspective are glorifying a woman's body as kind of like a, a life-giving temple Burn the where, yeah. where you know, the yeah. art exhibit has the woman's legs kind of spread wide open. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, and, and the irony of that, of course, is who goes to visit such art exhibits it tends to be men, right? So that, yeah, that, <laughs> that's interesting. You fight the patriarchy, but you end up enabling it. So that point notwithstanding, um, the, the point I think still is that, like, when – when we are talking about these things with our spouses, it's important to be um, open and honest about things that people are wrestling with. Yeah, but would you say each relationship is going to be everyone's going to be a little different, bit different in the sense that, like, you know, it might be hard for like a woman. It might be hard for a wife to to hear all of the temptations that her husband it might be they're facing there, like when he comes to her yeah. and says i saw this on on it online yeah and i was tempted it's like that might be very very hard for a, a wife to hear that. it might be and and there is some wisdom there that and some caution that needs to be had with respect to like i, I guess what i mean is you know you, you don't want to um you know every little maybe every little thing uh, yeah. To, to to make it into this giant thing, you you don't want to do that. No, I understand. Um, and but accountability is important. At the same time, Either way, you know, you I, there there are plenty of men who say, you know, well, I I fell into this temptation, I fell into this lustful sin, and I'm going to protect my wife by not sharing it with her. No, if you're using it as an excuse yeah, not to confess your it, sin, exactly, that would not be so. Helpful. So, and I'm not saying that that's what any of us yeah. are, are saying, no, but yeah. like that's what our our hearts tend to go towards. So one of the things that, I don't know, and maybe we don't always get this balance right. I'm sure we don't. But one of the things we found out, but like, I want I want Emily to feel, and I'm not saying that she, this is something she wrestles with this, like like regularly or anything like that. I'm not saying it's a big thing. But I make it a point to say, I want you to feel comfortable to yeah. come to me and share with me if you're feeling these things. And yeah. I want to be able to share the same. I agree. So accountability is key yeah. in this, when we're talking about this context, as Christians, to to maintain purity yes. amongst the, the body, amongst ourselves. Yes. Um, so with all that said, looking, okay, so again, I'm trying to think of, you know, we kind of mentioned before with, with when you're making something an idol, you take something that's, that could be God, you know, God-given, could be a good thing, you make it ultimate. Yeah. You make it, this is, this is now my God, and I will do everything I can to get that, and anything that denies me that is a problem that needs to be removed. An obstacle that's in my way of fulfillment. So, you know, that's that's my fulfillment is that thing, and maybe in some way that's my identity. Yeah. It's like I'm not really fully human, or experienced full humanity until I can experience that. Right. And you could that variable. You could put any kind of sexual experience or anything or anything. Really. Anything yeah, that that yeah. that is the epitome of idolatry. Right. Right. Is that your identity, your fulfillment? is found in this particular thing 
instead of God, instead of Christ. So when it comes to sexuality, I just thinking it, it's very interesting that, um, you know, the culture. There's so much we could talk about. There's there's the there's the transgender issue, yeah. uh, the the identity piece to it. Like yeah. like are you know, who are you? Are you a man? Are you a woman? Are you a transgender man? Are you a transgender woman? So there's the gender identity piece to it. Yeah. Then there's the then there's the sexual orientation mm-hmm. piece to it. Okay, who are you attracted to? And then there's the biological. Okay, this is what this is your this is what you have. Yeah. Like this is your plumbing, yeah. right? So I've heard it interestingly from from other Christians I've listened to put it this way. Uh, gender identity is who you go to bed as. Gender, sexual orientation is who you go to bed with, and your biological is what you do when you're in bed. Mm. How it all happens. Mm-hmm. So, so it's all like there's a rela- there's a relationship there amongst it, and the idolatry piece is that we as humans in our culture, our our goal is to find that absolute fulfillment. Just that sexual fulfillment, and if that means changing who we are, changing who we're with, or changing what we do, that's okay. Yeah. The goal is ultimate fulfillment of this idol, and if, and t- if you don't get that, then something is wrong. Yeah. Then the culture needs to change. Yeah. Because you're not free. Right. You see what I'm saying? So the concept of freedom is found: freedom to engage in this idolatry, freedom yeah. to engage in this. In the sin and obstacles have to get removed. If that means if that means uh, getting rid of the definition of man and woman, okay, that's great. If it means surgery, okay, that's fine too. Uh, thought you know thoughts on that on that? Well, note? yeah. I mean, I I think I think that it's it's important to it's important to consider a, a, a couple different things. Sure. So, number one. Um, there are individuals who who wrestle deeply with these kinds of concerns. All three of the ones you mentioned, of course, whether that's with respect to identity or orientation or um, constitution. Yeah, sin is in the world. Sin is in the world. Yeah, all, we're all, all affected by the fall. The fall we're all happened. affected. Well, exactly. Well, and not just that. Like, there's there's people who who really th- um, who wrestle through some of these kinds of things in in their own personal lives and and one of the things we want to be uh, careful not to do is to be uh, dismissive of no. those who like for whom like this is genuinely a struggle and a lot of times mm-hmm. the best um, and, and it could be like you know the the Lord will the Lord can redeem. Yes. Uh, from any, the Lord can redeem people. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and period. There can be, like, yeah. Such up, were period. some of you. First it, Corinthians. Were, exactly. And so, such were some of you. First Corinthians you've been six. washed. You've been purified. Yeah, you've been purified. So, purified. So, so like there are repentant sinners yep. who really are repentant and, and may not in the near term experience a kind of uh, felt deliverance mm-hmm. from from some of these things, and we need to be like okay to walk through some of that with people, and not to just be like weirded out by it. Uh, so that's the first thing I would no, say. No, of course, absolutely. On the other hand, one of the one of the greatest dangers that I hear, kind of like as a as a common theme in a lot of this, is the the prizing of self actualization at any cost. Or, mm. or dis, you know, despite what anyone else might say. And when you say, say self-actualization, it, it, you mean it's like... It's this notion of I, it, I need, in order to be most fully me. Fulfilled in me, yeah. In order to really be who I am. Like that, th- like for me to fully be who I am or to express who I am is at the root of so much of how our culture evaluates uh good or bad right or wrong i mean we have cat like it's not it, it used to be like when when post-modernity ruled the day um that, that there was no such thing as right and wrong um and some of that may still hold true in certain domains but nowadays th- there are with respect to um kind of like 
how the culture thinks about uh, sexuality and sexual orientation, there are some perspectives you do not utter in in good company be, from their perspective because there are some things that are just straight up wrong and some things that are just straight up right. And if you get in the way of someone expressing who they truly are and especially sexually, that is that from from a cultural perspective, that is yeah, wrong. That's right. Because you're you're getting in the way of their self-actualization. You're getting in the way of them being who they are. Of them serving uh, the idol. And being who they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 like at the root of it is this notion of self-actualization above all else. So would, so a couple of things to say about yeah. that, right? Yeah. Number one, um, that's <laughs> that's not where fulfillment is found. True. When when when, when people self actualize and they say, you know what, if I can, I I know I I know I'm gonna step on some toes and I'm jumping a little bit on the gun to to jump on a hot mine, mm. but. If someone says, I'm going to get a surgery, and this surgery is going to help me to be who I truly am, right? Mm -hmm. Someone may feel a sense of progress coming out of that surgery, but it's rare that the same person, to my knowledge, would, would come out of that and say, it is finished. It is finished. And, oh, and I, yeah. I now am who I needed to be all along. It is done. It is done. Like, there's no more to be gained. Or you could have someone come out of a surgery, the same surgery, and say, yeah, I thought this was going to be it, but but it wasn't. It, it, it didn't bring the fulfillment I right. thought it, it, it might. Failed. It, it failed. It failed. So there's some who might say it succeeded, but even among those who say it succeeded, they would not, at least again, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who would say it is finished. Yeah. Um, so, so this notion that that this, I need to be who I truly am, even at the expense of what my, what my constitution is, what my, what my or reality how God says, made me. how God made me, my, the, the reality of the body that God gave me. It's almost in one sense, a kind of like, it it shares some veins with a kind of gnosticism like like at least it sounds that way to me it's i'm i'm not a gnostic scholar or anything like that but i but there is this kind of notion where like like material the material world is bad body bad anything physical like bad or or in need of correction it's yeah. it's somehow lower um but who i am inside like the the immaterial that you know my soul cries out with a with a different identity that that's somehow given it's good and it's given credence in in the culture um much much more than the kind of you know as you said kind of the plumbing uh and and that i think from a from a christian perspective is a is a mistake right mm -hmm. um you know mm -hmm. who who was it that said? Uh, I think I think was it C.S. Lewis? I think it was Tim Keller. I heard the example, but when it might have come from Lewis. You know, when when is a fish free? Like a fish may may say, um, I want to I want to I want to get out of the water. I want to be on the land, right? But if a fish tried to do that, they, they certainly could, right? They will not find there the freedom that they would find. They find death that they would by by being the fish. They're a fish, right? They find being in the water, who they truly are. If you want to be set free, this is the, to your point about freedom earlier, if we want to set, be set free, truly free, to have a very good marriage, there are going to be some things we don't do, mm -hmm. even if we feel them. If you want to be set free to play the piano well, I mean art, with, with great artistry, you, you talk to some piano players or some, some people who play a musical instrument, and they are just set free on the keys. They do not get there by, by believing that the keys will play a, a note different from that which they truly play. Yeah. Each key plays a note. There's a reality to each note. And they, don't, they are not set free by, by Delude, deluding, deluding about that reality. Yeah, deluding them. Yeah. Right. So, so those are some of the. So I'd say on the one hand, the notion of self-actualization, I would want to push back on a little bit. Who is for for those who are out there who are Christians? Like when we are in Christ, when are we most truly ourselves? Like I've met a lot of Christians too mm. who like who say, 
You be you. Well, yeah, yeah, you be you, but, like, who am I really? Like, I really, like, I am a man, but I really feel like a, a woman. Or, or you know, I really, like, I, I love my spouse, but I, I lust after... Other people's other, spouses. Well, maybe that, but maybe they also say, I lust after people of the same sex. Mm. Like, I've, I've heard that, too. And, and like, is that really who I am? But I'm a Christian, so I know it's not really who I am, but, but that's what I feel. And, and the thing to remember... For, for, for people who are wrestling through some of that is who are you? And when you're in Christ, you are, you are who you are most fully so when you're expressing yourself as in Christ. And he is the one who gets to say who you and are. he says who you are. Because he's the creator. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, we, and that's, you, you want to talk about self-actualization? It is in Christ yeah. that we become who we most fully were meant to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, so I would, no, no, there. but th that's, there's a lot there. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that does kind of speak more of the identity yeah. orientation piece, yeah. but now it seems like, and I don't have all the statistics in front of me, but I've heard various numbers of, you know, how, percentage of, of men, even Christian men or even pastors that, that fall into pornography, Sure. which is obviously another, it's, it's just one side, uh, one facet of the same idol the idol of, of sexuality uh there um and so it, so again it can take different forms and it manifests itself in different lives there um so it, it and it's difficult because it's a typical topic that people don't really want to talk about you know and it is so prevalent out there like you can even just be be on like a news website and you see an advertisement that you know, scantily clad person. Yeah. And you're like, that's not, okay. It's like, you like, you're like, oh, I got to look, the, you know, I look the other way. Yeah. Because even though that website doesn't consider it to be a violation. Right. You know, that's not right. Yeah. And it's kind of that first step. It, you know, it's, it's that first step. It's interesting. I remember I rem when I, so when I was young in the faith, like I had just become a Christian and one of the, one of the guys who, who led me to faith was my uncle. Uh, shout out to my uncle. He's he's a cool dude. Um, I'm grateful for him. He's kind of like a, a father in the faith to me. Um, so he, uh, it was funny. I had this conversation with him where we were talking about swimsuits and, and like types of swimsuits. And it was so weird to me that he did not, um, he did not permit uh, wearing a bikini. All right. Mm. I thought that was weird. I was like, dude, like, First of all, it it does it does nothing for most guys. Like it's it, you're so desensitized. I, I didn't know it, this. I didn't say it like this then. But what I was really saying, come to find out, was like we're so desensitized. Like it's not doing what you think it's doing. And more than that, it's like come on, every everybody does. Like it's not that bad. It's not pornographic, right? Like yeah. I mean, of course you get a category when you first become a Christian. Like okay, porn bad, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, but other things like well, there's some it's gray a spectrum. It's a spectrum, it's right? A spectrum. So so. What he said, and it, this blew my mind. This blew my mind. He was like, you know, he took it to Elvis Presley. <laughs> he was like, you know, when Elvis first came on TV, he he did this wild and crazy thing. He shook his hips. Mm -hmm. And and that was so scandalous. Like, it's hard for us to imagine in yeah, our well, day. Yeah, now everyone's twerking or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's so hard for us to imagine that that would be, like, scandalous. But he was like... He shook his – and first of all, this is like a lot of times you think, oh, like in the media and it's it tends to be like women's bodies who are like – like it's like sexu overly sexualized and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And um, But but in this case, it was a man, right? He's like, this guy shook his hips on TV and the world went nuts. Yeah. And I was like, come on. Yeah, but you can't be like saying that that's like bad or that that's like – like, come on, right? Really? And he was like, yeah, really? Like that – compromised some that that put a a kind of sexual uh in you or a, a sexual suggestiveness into the american home that was it, it it's not that it's not that um like um, it's like previous to that like there wasn't sexual immorality of no, course there, there always there, has there's, been. Oh, there's always been sexual immorality but the question was yeah like how did it become like it, in what sense does it become normalized or do we become desensitized to it? That it's it becomes a part of like just the accepted norm mm. that it's really not questioned. I and see. it started that he was like, 
I don't know if this is true historically, but he made the point where that was where it kind of, for him, he's like, that's where it started. Mm -hmm. And that blew my mind. And now looking back on that, I'm like, there's there's something of a point there, right? Like even if people end up drawing that line at slightly different places, um, there is something to be said for um, what it means for certain questions about whether it's what constitutes the family, what what constitutes sexual identity or sexual orientation or sexual promiscuity, any of these things. Um, there's something to be said for what it means for these to become normalized. Yeah. So that so that they're just part of our everyday experience. We don't really like think of it anymore. And as Christians, I think we have to be careful because it's easy for us to 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 walk in step with the culture exactly. and to and to follow along and say, well, this is this is the new normal. Yeah. Um. So get with the times. True. So get with the times. So I'm right? I might like, step on some toes here too. Yeah. Like, all right. For example, some of the TV shows yeah. that I watch. I know of people who I respect, even Christians, that will watch a, sh- a show as an example on HBO Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. I have not watched any of the episodes. Now I've researched them. Yeah. And people have told me about them, but they're very sexual. Yeah, they show everything. Yeah, and there's a lot that goes on. Uh, sometimes every episode, there's right. something, something new. So uh, again, it's it's kind of like, but it's normal to people, right? To to watch that. Oh, you know, it's just watching it. But you know, that kind of falls under the category of pornography. Right. I mean, and 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 the thing is, is like, we are commanded. Uh, and Jesus even says in Matthew 5, like, if you lust after someone uh, in your heart, you're already guilty of adultery. Right. And so the question is, <laughs> uh, lust, uh, you know, it begins where your your eyes see something uh, and 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 they, they linger, they want it. And and the, and, and the mind, the mind goes there. Right. Yeah. And you start to, to drift off into that into that. What if? perhaps a visualization uh, uh, moment there. And and the thing is, is uh, the temptation is strong. And and as Christians, we have to be discerning about that. Um, uh, I I know in the military, for instance, uh, that I've been a part of uh, in my my previous uh, unit, there were guys that we would go uh, on trips uh, for various conferences or for military exercises. And some of the guys would take off their wedding rings uh, and they would go to the clubs, mm. you know, it's like different, they're, Hey, different zip code or Hey, what, what happens? It's, it's temporary duty. TDY. Yeah. What happens? TDY stays TDY. Right. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And, and to them, it was no big deal to go, to go do these things. But, you know, I have come to appreciate obviously as a Christian God's word, but even as a father, like, you know, that, that person that you're looking at, that girl is someone else's daughter. Yeah. And also a daughter made in the image of God. Right. Right? Right. And I have an appreciation now as a father of a daughter. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you're, you're right. That whole two-piece thing, I agree. Yeah. I, I don't like the idea of that. And I will, and I will have standards in my household, uh, not as a tyrant, but as a loving father who cares about, and this is important too, my desire as a father is to teach my daughter uh, uh, what it means to to teach them modesty and to also help them understand like w- how you express yourself has an impact on on the men, the boys right, right. that you're around. Because I was once there yeah. as a young boy and I know how I thought. Well, that, well, but see, here's here's what I was saying earlier is like yeah. human beings are sexual creatures. It is so true. When we, when we were talking Especially about like... Especially at puberty when they get hit with a whole bunch of hormones. Well, when we're talking about yeah. like these, the, the some of the movements I mentioned earlier, like, you know, Free the Nipple or some of these art exhibits or, yeah. you know, even like wearing, you know, scandally clad clothing. And by the way, I think that goes for men and women. It, and it does. No, so, it, right. That's a two way street. There is no, you know, if you're innocent... hunk a hunk of burning love and you're in a, in a, <laughs> in a white tank top strutting your stuff like at, around yeah. at church, that's not helpful. Right. There's a way to dress in the, in the, in, in the culture that yeah. is not helpful. But, but to come back to this, to this point, like if, if, if when, when we dress that way, we are communicating something like our our dress is 
commu- is communicative. It's a form of body language. It, it, it's a form. It, it's a form of language. Yeah. It is. And and so to to try to say, well, we are going to, um, in the name of liberation or in the name of freedom, going to, you know, a, again, I keep picking on yeah. it because it's a it's an easy example, but like you know, free the nipple, quote unquote. What it's what it's, or you know, what's a, another example. This is like nudist colonies. So like nudist colonies, I mean, we laugh, but like nudist colonies, like at their at their root, um, and I'm I'm not a I'm not into this. I'm not a scholar in this. I haven't studied. You it. are clothed but, right now. I am clothed that right now. True. I assure you. But praise like, the at, Lord. But praise the Lord. Yes. But at the root, that's like you know, there's a philosophy to it. It's like you're supposed to try to retain, go back go to back somebody, to innocence, innocence, go back to go back innocence. To but what it's what that's doing, or what these kinds of movements are 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 almost assuming or taking for granted, is like that hum. It's trying to desensitize the sexualization of the body trying to desexualize the body and you i don't see that happening no because human beings are sexual creatures that's right so so when we when we dress a certain way uh, and again i'm talking to guys just as much here you know when, when we dress a certain way um it might not be helpful in in helping to uh, preserve the, the the thought life, the thought purity of 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 others, of and others. that that could be other men or other women. It might not be best to you know be strutting around naked in the locker room. Yeah, I, you know, I, I say I seriously that like I put true. that out. Like I know I, I've seen some dudes who just like they will sh- like shower in the locker room with the curtains open. Like I know it kind of sounds weird, that's but weird, dude. It, it, yeah, it where, is. Where do they work? I'm kidding. No, 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 that's, not not the, not at the place. Oh, before. okay. No, this I'm, is at a gym. Oh, okay. this is at a gym. But there's like one dude who that's does it, and I'm like, but but like, first of all, I I have no, just, I don't know his heart or his soul or anything like that. But I do know like if there are if there are other men in that locker room who who wrestle with same sex attraction, like. That could just be, or maybe he's he's inviting that kind of uh, activity. I have no idea. Yeah, it's very possible. But all that to say, pe- human beings are sexual creatures, and we're not going to desexualize the human body by um, by normalizing its its sexual uh, liberate or, or by normalizing its vi- its visibility. Like the human body is is sacrosanct. Mm-hmm. We are made in God's image, and, and it's also First uh, Corinthians six nineteen, right? You do yeah. not know that you're, you know, talking to Christians, but do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Yeah, I mean that's that says a lot. Temple of the Holy Spirit, man. Yeah, and and and, and those movements, I think they also ignore the fact that we live in a fallen world. Yeah, exactly. They ignore that's, the fact that sin exists. You right. can't. There's a, undo there's a view of nature. The fall. Yes, yes. Yeah, you mentioned earlier uh, a Lady Gaga song, and it's I actually looked it up and. And it's quite striking and odd, and uh, it's bothersome. The song is called "Do What You Want," yeah. And like, like this, the language she says, like, so do what you want with my body, do what you want, don't stop, let's party. And she's and then she says, um, later, well, what like, can't you have? Yeah, well, she does say, yeah, she does say, uh, you you can't have my heart and you won't use my mind. Yes. You can't stop my voice because you don't own my life. But do what you want with my body. Right. Now that I was like, here's the thing that bothers me the most, and, and you know, and, and as part of this sexual idolatry thing is, is is the culture is hypocritical becomes hypocritical because of it because you start diving into sin like you want this you want the the bad thing you want to make that your god but then then you lament you lament when things uh, don't go well because of that. Like you lament the consequences, and you and you say, "Woe is me! The consequences. Why is it like that? Why can't we have this God, and have, you know, blessings as well?" Yeah. Uh, for example, um, the culture's objectifying women, right? So Lady Gaga just, you know, she's just doing that in this lyric. You yeah. know, you say, "Your my body is an object. Do what you want with it." You know, that's fine. And then, you know, it's okay to, exp- you know, for a woman to express herself yeah. on on like uh, pornography. Or, or in a club or in a movie like that's liberating right that's like that's like her owning that's her owning her sexuality yeah and then they don't then then they get angry when men end up objectifying women and yeah because they've they've 
they've they've tempted the men. I mean, yeah. but it goes both ways. It does. It, don't don't get me wrong. It it goes both ways. Well, and and none of that ever 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 excuses boorish behavior by men. No, it does not. There was there was a you see the there was a Gillette ad. I heard recently. about the Gillette so ad. I, did, I didn't watch it. Toxic but masculinity. Toxic masculinity. This whole thing. I mean, this is not an episode on that. But, no, no. But no. look, it, it, there's a there's a lot of uproar about that ad. I think one of the things to say is that there is, um, there there are some things about like. Our, I think our culture has devalued healthy masculinity That's right. too much, right? And so there is a sense in which you, you masculinity is good, and we can talk about way, different ways of defining that. Of course, we, right? So that's different that's one episode, side of probably. It. Yeah, but I think that I think the the what made that commercial so deceptive was that it admixed with you know kind of like. What we would kind of like traditional uh, Americanized notions of what constitutes masculinity that um, may, in one sense, have a have a have a helpful place in society or a right place in society, were mixed with totally boorish behavior. Yeah, where it's like you know you know I was saying a minute ago how human beings are sexual creatures and and dress uh, expresses things. It certainly does. However, <laughs> that does not excuse um, men or women. Um, taking advantage of that, no, right? right? Of so, if, so if a, if a yeah. woman is scantily dressed, it is a man's, a, a Christian man's responsibility, oh, honestly, to, to protect like, himself, to protect himself from that, and, and, well, and to not gawk at that. Like, but at the same, but and you're right, but, at the, but and it, it doesn't ever give an excuse. No, it doesn't give it doesn't have an excuse. But obviously, you know, Paul would certainly say, you know, don't don't cause a stumbling, don't be a stumbling block. Yes, and yes. we need to be careful about. And that's what again comes back to what I want to end up. Te- I want to teach my children, like, yeah. like this is how you know, this is how the boys generally think. Yeah, and you need to understand that so as not to be a stumbling block, and they need to do the same thing too. Yeah, and that doesn't excuse their behavior, but must be careful. Yeah, must use discernment. Yeah. I, there's so much more. We are actually running short on time, believe really? it or not. Wow. It goes by so fast, Dylan. But. But the topic of sexual idolatry, it's 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 obviously there. As we we've touched on a lot of different topics, kind of surface, uh, kind of skimmed the surface of a lot of them, and I think it might it might behoove us to to at some point dive into specific ones uh, sure. later on. Um, I I do I think it'd be great to get our our wives on and talk about uh, feminism, yeah, uh, femininity, uh, that that whole aspect there, like their perspective as far as. As a sexuality in this culture is yeah. concerned, uh, you know, I'll have to ask, invite them on, and let's, you know, let's do that. That'd be great to tackle that as, as couples. Um, Amen. So, so we we've touched on all of that, but I think the the bottom line is that it's clearly existent in our culture. It manifests itself in many different ways. It does seem to go back to the root of, of of me being who I want to be. It's it's yeah. about me. It's yeah. it's selfishness, really, and and that I will find my identity apart from God. And I will find it apart from God. I don't need him. It's, it actually goes back to the garden. Yeah. Really. It's like, you know, does, did God really say yeah. that, that you're not really going to die right. if you do this? And in fact, you'll be like him if you if you do this. And so they decided, yeah. you know, not with God, with themselves. And we see what happened since then. Um, but with that, I do want to take these last couple minutes to do a proverb of the day. Proverb Can't the day. let you get away without uh, a proverb of the day. And I did not mean for that to rhyme. <laughs> but it did. But it did. It, it did. You're a poet and you don't even know it. Wait, you're well done. I like to show it because they're Longfellows. Hey! <laughs> bad. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you're ready. I'm ready. Here we go. Proverbs 11... 6. 11, 6. That's right. The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the treacherous are taken captive by their lust. Got it. So the, the righteousness of the upright delivers them, um, but the treacherous are taken captive by their lust. So let's let's deal with the second part first, right? Uh-huh. So clearly there's a contrast here between the righteous, uh, the, the upright and the treacherous, the righteousness and the lust being taken captive and being delivered, right? So those are kind of, the, the words aren't exactly... Uh, at, at least in our English translations, I'm not quite haven't looked at the Hebrew for yeah, this. Yeah, sure, but, sure. Um, there, there's some of the parallels there, right? So on the let's say the contrasting part first, the treacherous are taken captive by their lust. Um, that I, I so lust in scripture uh, 
oftentimes can, can can be kind of like a sexual lust. I don't know that the application needs to stop there. I think there's a lot no. of different ways in which people may uh, may lust for something, whether that's sexual gratification or whether that's more uh, material wealth or whether that's mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, honor or glory in battle. Uh, we we might reputation. We might lust after a lot of different things. But I think one of the things that this passage is saying, that this proverb is saying, is you know it is. It is so easy to be consumed by that lust. And when we, this comes right back to the idolatry point again, right? Mm. When, when we pursue that, th- when we lust after that thing as an end in itself, we are taken so captive by that which we are pursuing, that which we are lusting after, um, then we are in, it, is, it becomes a snare to us. Mm. It, it, it becomes kind of like the, you know the analogy with the the carrot that's kind of on the stick and the string that's always in front of you. You're running on the treadmill and you're seeing this carrot that's in front of you. You're always trying to get it, right? But you can't quite get it because it's always hanging on this string in front of you. That's like what this is, right? It's like you've got this lust of you know sexual gratification, let's say, that you think in the moment, right? It's always in the moment. You think it's going to bring gratification, yes, uh, and and you think it's going to satisfy something. And what makes it so challenging is that in the short term it does, right? In the short term, there's this gratification. Feels good. It feels good, right? But but that at the end, it has an end. And it's almost like like the fact that there is an emptiness felt. Let's say I you know I know of a guy who uh, who once shared this with me. He said you know uh, it'll be you know two in the morning. I can't sleep and I'll go on a. a pornography binge oh my goodness and he he's like at the end of it um he's like i i feel empty right which is not uncommon it's very very common to feel like empty at the end of something that from from the perspective of god's creation we know is empty yeah right yeah um but we are taken captive by it just the same and 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 the treacherous the treacherous stay there the treacherous come to find that there is no re- like the fact that we were expecting it subconsciously to be gratifying for longer than it was makes us then go and pursue it again maybe the next time yeah right the treacherous fall in that trap the righteousness of the upright however for those who are upright and for here there is a sense so there's there's kind of a twofold application to the first clause right those who are not ensnared by the lust that's taking them captive. The twofold application, the first part being when we live upright lives, right, we are delivered from that captivity. So in a sense, you know, there, you know, there's one guy who I know the story was told, this one guy who had overcome a, a pornography addiction. And basically at the end of it, he said, yeah, the Holy Spirit just kind of beat it out of me. But but he was he was now <laughs> like he he said that kind of jokingly. But his point was, he's he's like I'm now free from this. Mm-hmm. I'm not captive to it. I, like I see the ugliness of what it is, and I no longer yearn for it. Mm-hmm. He had lost a taste for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because because he had been acting in righteousness with respect to that sin. Yeah. And. He was then delivered from it, yeah. and and so that righteousness was deliver a deliverance to him. The two, the second fold application though is that we are still ourselves tempted. We wrestle with sin, the flesh, and the devil. And at the end of the day, the righteousness that delivers comprehensively, the final and ultimate deliverance, is in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. Himself, who is our righteousness and who Himself delivers us from. The world, the flesh, and the devil, yeah. and, and sin, and all of the things that we wrestle with on this side of glory, mm. um, and we find our status as the upright. We become the upright in Him. Yeah, right. Not by means of our own. That's right. Righteousness Not at the end of the own. day, man. So, Amen, brother. That was awesome. That's right. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. No, thank you for that. Thank you. Well. Uh, thank you guys for, for tuning in on this uh, difficult topic uh, of sexuality as, a, as an idol. And uh, certainly there's more to be said on it. Uh, um, if you have questions, uh, please don't hesitate to email us 
two guys in a Bible podcast at gmail.com or or go to our website two guys in a Bible.org and, and uh, send a, a message uh, there. Uh, please uh, review us on iTunes or any other uh, media that you use. Uh, and again, uh, if you feel uh, so called to support us, we would be truly blessed uh, by that. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, tune in next week as we, I think we might be able, I, mean, I don't know what the next topic will be for next week as far as idolatry might be wrapping up. Uh, there might be a couple more to, to hit on though. So, uh, so just tune in next time for that. But uh, uh, until then, uh, take care and God bless. God bless.